Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. And we continue to talk about prayer. We want to start off every day this week reminding everybody what what uh, James chapter 5 says about prayer, that if any one of you is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And so as James talks there, and we will we'll be talking about this some more today, as he writes that letter, he's telling them basically whatever season you find yourself in, if you're sick, pray. If you're suffering, pray. If everything's going great, pray. And so in all of life, in all the things that we do, we need to be constantly in touch with God. So many people Think of prayer as something mystical that you only do at certain times. We can be praying to God always and should be praying to God always in every part of our life, in every facet of our life. God cares about every part of your life. He cares about the big things in your life. He cares about what people might think of the small things in your life. There's nothing going on in your life that he doesn't care about. And so we can come to him, speak to him about all those things. And then even better yet, I think, hear his voice as he speaks to us. And so in your prayer time, not only do you want to come to prayer and say, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that, Lord, help me with this, Lord, help me with that. We need to spend time listening to God and what he has to say rather than just a list of gimme, 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 amen, and then go about our business. Prayer really needs to be a place and have a time where we can not only speak to God, but we can hear God speak to us as he tells us his will, as he tells us what he would have us to do, but then also reminds us of the promises that he's given to us, the love and the mercy and the grace Man. that he has for each and every one of us, and the love and the joy and the peace and all those things that God wants us to have as his children. It is not as if God has just left us here. God said, you know what, you're my child now, do the best you can. Make it as good as you can. What what earthly father would, would have a child and say, well, you're on your own now. Do the best you can. You bring them home from the hospital. Put them in the crib. You're on your own now. Do the best you can. No, God wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to give us gifts. He wants to give us all those things of our life. And then you find out when your kids get older. I know mine are. They turn 18, they might leave the house, but you don't just say, well, you're on your own now. Don't come to me ever again. Don't don't ask me for advice. Don't ask me for help. 
just you got to make it on your own now. No, we don't do that as earthly fathers, and God doesn't do that to us either. He wants us to be in relationship with him always and to be able to tell him anything and everything and, and be able to speak back to us. Amen. And as you were speaking, I was just reminded of the scripture we referenced yesterday, Luke 18, 1, where Jesus commanded that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. And again, I like that lose heart. Yeah, yeah lose it's easy heart. to lose heart. Right, 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 right. Well, lose, lose fellowship thinking you can't come to God. Lose confidence, you know, in, in the one who's called us, who justified us. And I was just thinking uh, as you were speaking about that to command. He commanded us to always pray. <laughs> and last night at our midweek Bible study, we, we followed up this discussion of prayer, you know, concerning winning the loss at all costs. You know, there's so many things we can pray for. We can pray for you know, our political leaders, and those are these things I pray for, political leaders from the federal, state, county, and, and our local governments. I pray, city councils, council people. I pray for all of those ones. I pray for my family members who don't know the Lord. I pray for the family members that do know the Lord, that they may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And we understand in Timothy, it says, pray for all men. Because God desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So, again, that's his command that we're to always pray. There's so many things you can pray about. You can pray. I was just telling them last night at the midweek Bible study also how I pray for my children's 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 children. Yeah, they're not even here yet, but uh, somebody's standing in the gap for them right now because I want to leave that inheritance. I want my great, 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 great grandchildren to know the Lord, to know the truth. And the scripture says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. What a wonderful inheritance to leave to your children's salvation, reconciliation with the Lord, with the Father. Amen. So that's what I'm always, there's always something to pray for. You can pray for your neighbor. You can pray, you, you can pray for anything. You can pray for the loss, you know, that, that God would reveal himself to them, that he would have a divine encounter with one of your loved ones, with your child who may be a prodigal. There's always something to pray for. There's never not, not anything you can't pray for. Every once in a while you talk to somebody and they'll say, I don't see how anybody could pray for an hour. But then when you start to think, as you were talking there, about all the things you could pray, you could pray for yourself. Right. That, that you'll have more mercy, that you'll have more mm -hmm. grace, that God will give right, you more compassion. Right, That you can, we can pray all these things for ourselves. And then we start to pray for our spouse. We pray for our children. We pray mm -hmm. for our parents. We pray for our in-laws. Right. Our in-laws. And, and I mean, by the time you think about all the people that you could pray for, you could pray for everybody in your church. Right. And most churches in Chico are not so big that you couldn't do it by name for everybody. Right. And I was and, telling them last night, that's what I do. I pray for the members of our congregation. You know, yeah. I pray for all those ones that you mentioned. In-laws, my mother, my mother-in-law, my brothers, my sisters, my nieces, my nephews. I pray for them all. And then you start thinking about political leaders and all those people. And then you start to say, well, man, an hour wouldn't cover it all. It you won't. Know, so it won't. From, how can a person pray for an hour to, boy, an hour's not nearly long enough. Right, right, right. And so you're you're right. I mean, there's just so many things to pray for and people mm -hmm. to pray for mm -hmm. and people to pray about. You can pray over your finances. Yeah, that's your own personal. Pray concerning your health. Pray the will of God concerning your health. Pray for wisdom. Scripture commands us to pray for wisdom. You can do that concerning any situation, your business, you know, your marriage. You have to pray, God, see, 
again, prayer is our declaration of our dependency on God. We still need to depend on God, and God wants us to depend on him. Just like you were just saying, once the kids get 18, you're like, okay, yo, yo. No, God doesn't say that. He said, I want you to continue to depend on me. And I know that because he says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Well, that's if you're 8 or 80. And, and what people sometimes forget is that when we get to heaven, we're still going to be depending on him. Right. So it's not like you're ever going to reach a point where, oh, I don't well, need you don't anymore, need Lord. Anymore. No. I've graduated now. You know, I went to a high school graduation last night, and in some ways you could think this is the end of something, and I guess in some ways it is, you know, the, that cloistered part of school, but then it's just the start of the rest of the life. Mm-hmm. And so even when we pass away from this body, we, we leave this body, we just go on to be with God in heaven. So it's never a point where we say, oh, well, I don't need God anymore. I'm all done. Well, and you know what? That's a good point there because we, we know this right here. And I'm going to read out of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And this is reminding us how Jesus, who sit at the right hand of the Father, guess what he's doing? interceding praying for us that's right he's praying for us and it says right here likewise the spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be other now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of god so even if we don't know exactly what to pray, he does. Right. And he's still making intercessions for us according to the will of God. And then I like the next verse because I can't just leave you hanging like that. Look what he says in 28, one of our favorite verses. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's good news right there. See, even bad things, God you is go. going to somehow work together. I had this conversation with somebody not long ago about this latest mass shooting. Uh-huh. And it's hard for us as people to see how could something good come in a tragedy. Oh, and yet God. God says he will work good. I'll Somehow make... good will come to those who uh-huh. love him, even in tragedy. Uh-huh. And so here's where belief and faith and trust meet real life. Because if everything's going good... It's easy to see how God's working good. It's when things go bad right. that it's harder to see how could God do something good here in this. Well, even in my own personal life, we have a, a tribulation that's that happened, and I see how God worked it out for the good, to His glory. It's working out real well. You know, He's getting it's working together for the good. So, again, tragedies in our life, trials and tribulations, with God, that's the key. Because with God, all things are possible. As we stay connected to him through trust and faith and confidence in him, he guarantees you, he promised you, I'll make all things work together for the good. Right. It'll, it'll work together. We Just, might not see how that right, right, right. today. You might not see it today, but later on, you'll see how it all right. works. out. this is where faith and trust and hope and all those things in God come mm-hmm. to play because if we don't really believe it, then we can't hold on to that truth that he will work all these things well, to the and, good. And he told us, too, weeping may endure for a day or a night, but joy comes in the morning. 
Well, that joy is because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Right. I'm and, still trusting and, and having gift, confidence in and him. And the fruit of the spirit is joy. Right. So I may be weeping for a season, for a night or whatever, but joy will come if I do what the scripture told me again. Run with endurance the race that was set before me, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's what we got. We got to keep looking unto God. You know, we got to keep looking unto him. Oh, God, you said you'll make this work out. I don't see it, but I trust that you will. So my faith is still in you. I'm going to continue to trust your word. I'm going to continue to not just be a hearer only of your word, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out with joy. I'm going to go out with my head high. I'm still going to preach the gospel. I'm still going to tell people God is a good God. Still going to tell people God is an awesome God. That's part of our faith confession right there. That's what Abraham did. It says he was strengthened in faith. It says he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Because Abraham had an impossible situation. 100 years old, wanting to have a child of his own. God made him a promise. Well, and even beyond that, I mean, when you think about Abraham, he's he's in a land. God says, leave the land and go to this land. You don't know where you're going yet. You don't know the land. You don't know what you're going to do when you get there. And even when you get there, you're not going to own any of the land. It's going to go to your offspring. They're the ones that are going to inherit the land. Mm -hmm. So just think about this. Just from our, our standpoint, God tells us, go to this place. You're not going to, you don't know the language. You don't know the, you, what you're going to do there for a job, where you're going to live or anything else. And you're just going to be a wanderer when you get there. But trust someday, me. if you trust me, someday your offspring will inherit that land that I'm going to send you to. Lots of Christians today would not go for that deal because they want to know what, what am I going to get out of it, not what my offspring are going to get out of it. I want to know what I'm going well, to get out of it. Again, back to praying for your children's 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 children. And that's what we, I know a lot of ministries, the Osteens. I don't, you know, Osteen started in a little feed store in Texas. And Joel tells his story all the time. His father started the ministry in a little feed store. All the other Christians and pastors, you know, they kind of dissed him because he was preaching faith in God. He was preaching faith in God. And they said, oh, that old John Osteen, he's crazy, blah, blah, blah. So he left the denomination and started, because God told him to go and start a little church. So he got a little feed store in Texas. And that was the congregation. And now they occupy the compact center in Texas, in Houston. And, and Joel's the pastor, his son. His dad didn't get to see the compacts. Center and the thousands of people that come there every Sunday, but he left that inheritance, and he again he didn't get the experience, but his family does. His grandchildren are. Well, Joel has children now. All you know, John Osteen's kids have children, so they're experiencing. And again, the gospel is not logical. God will have you do something that don't make no sense, but it makes faith. And the scripture says in Corinthians. God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. So God will tell you something that don't make no sense. But because we have faith or trust or confidence in him, we go ahead and act on it. We go do it just like Abraham. He's just, okay, I'm out, family. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, Where you going? Out. I don't know, but I'm out. We're hitting the road. We're hitting the road. And then he had that other issue. He didn't have any offspring of his own. He had a servant in his household, Eliezer of uh, whoever he was. Eliezer. Yeah. He had him, but and he was going to inherit Whatever Abraham had. And Abraham was like, no, I want my own. I want my own, God. And God said, okay, I'm going to handle that for you too. And the scripture says Abraham did one thing, believe God. 
That's all we have to do is believe God. That's faith. See, believe in it, God. And it's that simple. We it's make that it, simple. We make it lots more complicated uh, than it needs well, to be. Well, because we get legalistic in all religious. That's what makes it complicated. But if you just stay with the simple gospel, Jesus came preaching, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe. Right. Real simple. Believe the gospel. Well, now, where the rubber meets the road is when times get tough. But as we talked about, I think, a couple days ago, sometimes it gets tough when things are going really good. Right. Because as, as we start to prosper and we start to do well, then it's easy to think, well, I did all this. It wasn't really God. It was I did all this. Well, and, that's a dangerous thing to do. Oh, it <laughs> most certainly is to start to think. But how many times have you heard people say, you know, yeah, I know God provides, but we have this well, big house because I worked hard. Well, well, or see, we have these see, clothes oh, because I worked hard. You said a key word. Now we just got out of faith and we got into works. Right. I work hard. I work. That's work. That's, you ain't did it by faith. I have, I have this because I worked hard. Right. My no, family has this because I worked no, hard. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. You have to acknowledge, well, God's blessed us abundantly. His mercy, he's empowered us to get wealth. He's given me the wisdom to build this company or to... To go to work. He's giving me right. the script to get up but, out of the bed. Right. I mean, if you work with your brain, God gave you the brain power. If you work right. with your back, God gave you the power of the your strength, strength yeah. to do it. And so no matter how you earn your living, God gave you the ability to be able to and do that's it. that's why he said, you know, no flesh should boast in itself. If we're going to boast, boast in the Lord. And again, being spiritually mature, you get, the, you get an understanding of that. Anything I have. I said that last night. I came into this world butt naked. And if they don't put a suit on this body when I expire, I probably would leave butt naked. So everything I got. Well, in what's the scripture saying? Naked, we came in the world naked. Right, right, right. Out. So anything I've acquired in the midst of it was a gift. It was from God. Because I didn't bring nothing in it. And you know I ain't taking nothing out of it. I haven't yet to see a, a funeral possession in a funeral car with a, with a U-Haul hitched to the back of it. With all the person's. Possession. You can't take it with you. Right. I mean, and when you think about it, we're just a steward of everything that we have. We don't actually own anything. God, let us, he's let us use it. You know, and we, <laughs> we talk about ownership, but if we step back, we don't really own anything. When, because when you when leave, you it's going to go to somebody else. going to get it. <laughs> right, right, right. right I mean, right. It, it might be somebody you didn't even want to get it, right, but somebody's going to get it. Right, right. And that's where you say, where you, you know, where you're heart is your treasure is going to be also or is it where your treasure is your heart's going to be right. <laughs> well and again our, our heart should be full of faith in god that's where our heart should be and should god desires for us to start thinking like he thinks and, and again we understand from the scripture we just read in romans we have one that's seated at the right hand of the father making intercessions for us he's praying for us so he said well you guys ought to since somebody's always praying for you, seated at my right hand, you ought to also extend that same grace and pray for others. It's really simple. You can pray for anybody. I ride my bike through this town that we live in. It's biker friendly. I'm praying over all the households, all the inhabitants of these households. I thought praying. you were going to say you were praying that you didn't get hit by a car. No, well, I have angels <laughs> encamped around me. <laughs> no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. He's given his angels charge over me, and they keep me in all my way. And in my pathway is life, and there is no death. But I'm praying for all these households that I'm passing. Because, again, I got something out of the book of Acts. It says Peter's shadow, very shadow, was healing people. 
And I make that declaration when I'm riding my bike because I see my shadow. And I just declare everywhere my shadow appears that the presence of the Lord is being released in this city. Because God wants you to pray for your city. He ain't going to set you up in the city and have you not pray for the city. Remember? Back with Abraham and Sodom. Well, you see, in, in if only, if one righteous. <laughs> Paul's letters, he's praying for people all over, people that he never even met. Right, in Colossians, in Ephesus. He's praying for all of these people. So, again, that's having the mind of Christ. You know, okay, it's not all about me. That's called selfish. <laughs> Just pray for you and your needs. Okay, well, that's okay to pray for yours, but pray for your neighbor. Well, pray that goes back city. to what I said earlier, you know, where, where our prayer is, Dear Lord, give me, give me, give me, right. give me. Give <laughs> My me. name is Jimmy. Amen. Give me all you can give me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Amen. And no. now you're done because I just gave you my litany of things I want you to give me. Again, that's why, you know, we have to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. The Bible says understand in Ephesians. This is understand what the will of the Lord is. What the will of the Lord is always contained in his word. And he told us to always pray. Well, that's what I should be doing. I, I'm going to, again, I pray for people I don't know. I pray for all the inhabitants of this city that I live in because this is what I do know. God desires all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. He tells us that in his word in Timothy. Well, okay, if that's his desire, well, I'm going to pray. His, if that's his will, I'm going to pray his will over our city. As I'm driving, as I'm prayer walking, prayer riding, I'm going to pray that. I may as well. I ain't doing nothing else but riding my bike. I may as well pray. <laughs> and when you think about that, God desires everyone to be saved. That's his desire. Our desire should be that it should be lining up with his desire. Socioeconomic class, different nationality, different race, different whatever. We should desire that same thing that all men be saved. Well, that's what it means to come into you know the knowledge of the truth. Well, God is the truth. His word is truth. So as He reveals the truth to us in His word through His Spirit that lives in us, we should start lining up with that. We should be this next scripture. Look at in Romans eight. I I stopped short, but look what it says. 829 for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers so jesus is the firstborn of many brothers again and god, we're to be conformed to his likeness right. not his likeness to conform to us and we're but supposed us to be to uh, going and desiring that for other people too that they be redeemed and reconciled and restored because that's what god's desire is so i'm going to pray into that I may not be able to minister to the whole city, you know, on a Sunday service, but I can intercede and stand in the gap. You know, we're called to be gap standers, not gap finders. We want to go find a gap and hide. But no, we're supposed to stand in the gap and intercede for one another. And, you know, if we're not doing that, we're working against the will of God. We're working against the Great Commission. And we, we all are accountable for the Great Commission. That ain't just for pastors. A lot of parishioners think, oh, that's just for the pastor. No, it's for everybody. Your ministers of reconciliation, you should be, your mindset should be, I'm co-laboring with Jesus to reconcile people back to the Father. Well, see, when he talks there, we're to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. So what is Christ like? Right. That's what we're to be. Well, he's like the to. Father. But I mean, that's what we are to be conformed <laughs> right. to. Right. So whatever he did and whatever he does, we're to be conformed to that. And, and, so. You talk about love your neighbors. What Jesus is love, so we're to love and to give, and all of those things that He was, we are to be. All of those things that He actually still is, we are to be. We're to be conformed to His likeness. 
I don't think it's so big anymore as it used to be. But people used to always wear those little braces. WWJD. What I love Jesus that. Do? I love that. Right. It's kind of a fad, I think, in some ways, in that you don't hardly see those bracelets anymore. But we should still be asking ourselves, what would Jesus do? How? What would Jesus do in this situation? I'm to be conformed to his likeness. I'm supposed to be doing what he would do. So what would he do here? That's what I'm going to do. You know what? And that's easy. That's the easiest part of uh, being Christ-like or being conformed to his image. Just remind yourself, especially if you read the Gospels, the New Testament, you'll find out what would Jesus do. And, and that's why I spend a lot of time in the New Testament just finding out who I am in Christ Jesus and, and what am I supposed to be doing. No, I'm not perfect, but I understand that I'm being perfected. I'm not perfect. I'm always asking for forgiveness and asking God to thanking him for perfecting those things which concern me, that he who began a good work in me will complete it. And that which I committed to him, he was able to keep. That's all out of the right, word. because he's faithful. Yeah, he's faithful, yeah. Not he's, because I'm so, faithful but, but, or you're faithful. But see, he's again, faithful. that keeps me humble. You know, Paul talked about that thorn that he had. and He asked you know, the Lord to take it from him three times, and he did. And, and God's reply was, my grace is sufficient. So it's still God wants us to have that dependency on him. A lot of people are like, oh, that's just a crutch. No, he wants you to depend on him. Just like us, he still sees us as dear children. He calls us his beloved. God sees, still sees us as children. That's what he calls us. He says you're a child of God. I don't care if you got saved at 100 years old, you're still a, like child, a child of God. Yeah. And he wants us to come to him like a child. Come, always. Yeah, always. Not just, you know, when you were a kid, but even if you get born again at 80. Well, you say, well, how, how does a child come to their father? They come to their father. Every every kid, little kid, thinks his dad's the smartest. His dad knows everything. He can ask his dad anything, and he can know the answer. My dad's better than your dad. And that's how God <laughs> wants us to come to him, that he wow. knows every answer. You know, because you get to be a teenager, and you realize that your dad ain't as smart as you thought he was. And right. maybe you know as much as he does or more because you start thinking you do. Anyway. Right, right. You're you not, start thinking that. But not, your dad really you is. You really know, but you think you do. Yeah. Well, I think that happens to lots of people. Oh, a lot of people think they're they think they're just as smart as God. Right. They don't need to. They don't need God anymore. God. Oh, I know a lot of Christians like that. I'm not a like child that. anymore. I don't need to come to Him as a child. I I know better. And again, that's a sad and a dangerous state to to believe or think you don't need God anymore and that you're smarter than God. I can do this. I don't need God. Well, we're gonna wrap up this segment of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.